Wait. I'm just going to start recording because, you know, the conversation we started. Hello, everybody. I got Taylor here. We're going to do introductions at the end, so make sure you stick out um, all the way to the end so you can get a hold of us and learn how to work with us if you're interested. But today, we um, started the conversation with some of my successes and failures, right? I was telling Taylor, Taylor, could you just say hi to everybody so they know that you're here and I'm not talking to <laughs> Hello, hello, this is Taylor. Okay, so we're having this amazing conversation and I, sh- I always do this and I was like, well, I'm gonna just tell them what I'm gonna do and then we just go in it. And I was like, I should've just recorded. Like I should've just recorded. So I'm gonna try to bring people up to speed. We had like maybe a five, you know, five, six minute conversation about like what conversations need to be like nowadays and versus what they are, especially in a podcast setting. Um, I started to make this uh, conclusion that just talking at people and saying like, you should do this and you should do that. um, It's kind of like people are kind of over that. Nobody's spending an hour or two hours um, on a podcast listening to someone tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. What people want to know is who you are, important conversations about things that are important to them. And if those things truly are important, like the things that we're going to talk about, they will stick around, they will listen. And if they're really called to, like they will connect, right? I feel like a a great disservice that advertising and, and Taylor, I would love to know how you feel about this. A great disservice that advertising and marketing and promotion does is that that's all we do. And sales isn't about a program. It's about someone feeling heard and understood. And then they go, oh, I want that. I want that answer. I want to talk with her. I want to hang out with her. The disservice is that we're constantly pitching and we forget that we are people. I am personally not interested in anything you got to sell unless I'm interested in you. So how do you feel about that? And this is the reason these conversations are important to me. I don't want people to come out here and and have this facade and present something. And I get it. We're all trying to sell stuff. But what I want to have is important conversations for women, especially. And I'm just going to put it out there. People in my community, which is a community of color, Latino women, we aren't used to talking about coaching and personal development and self-improvement and leaving the church and all these things. And the coaching industry itself also doesn't target those topics. Wow. These topics have to be talked about in, in community so we can also learn to deep dive into what the solutions that people need. We don't know. Don't and know. you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. And if you've never been exposed to it, like there's no way you, I would, I'll say this in a way like I'm, I'm super, I would say average and normal, right? Like I grew up in the Midwest. I have been in the on the East Coast for 20 years. Now I live on the West Coast. There's nothing like insane about my life that makes me any different from any other young black girl growing up that had dreams besides, oh, boom, I had my first kid when I was 15. Nobody talks about teen pregnancy even still. My daughter is 21 years old now, like, and now I have five children and I still graduated on time. I still went to, you know, college. I did not finish college, so I'm that that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but I became a nurse and I have been very successful. And I was I had this mindset that, you know, in order to succeed in life, you had to go to college, you had to get a degree, you had to make certain amount of money. And I did all those things, you know, like I I did what I was taught. I did what my parents did, I did what their parents did before them. 
And it's so interesting as a parent now, I have four daughters and one son. Like I tell them, I just want you to be a happy member of society, happy and productive. I don't care. I can't preach. I have two of my kids that are hell bent on being lawyers. And I'm like, well, you have to go to college for that. There's no way around that. Um, but, But that's dope. And I have kids that are like, I don't really know yet. Like, I don't care. I never, when I was climbing the career ladder in non-for-profit healthcare, which is where I've spent the majority of my 15 years as a nurse, um, nobody ever said, hey, Taylor, have you ever thought about getting a career coach? Like, not (laughs) a soul, not one person ever said what is your what is your end goal like what is your what do you want to be when you grow up and I I'm I'm not I don't regret anything everything happens for us for a reason but like it wasn't even a point of contention for me to consider I thought coaching and wellness and like this holistic field half the modalities that I'm trained in now as a black woman I thought they were for rich white people and I'm I'm standing in my proud authenticity I don't look like your average breathwork facilitator, theta healer. I study astrology and human design and I will be a Reiki master in a few weeks. Like, and I'm, I still will get in the car and put on my Cardi B and Beyonce. Like, I don't oh, care yeah. y'all. Like, that's me. So it's like, I don't see a lot of people that look like me. And it's very intimidating when you are curious about any of the modalities that exist and everybody's white and everybody's charging $500 an hour and it's just so I'm not willing to pay I work I'm not willing to pay $500 to experiment it's just so out of of reach because it's also so out of culture like in our culture women of color I mean I don't remember ever at all I mean the only time coaching or anything like that will come up would be for sports you know that 100% you know, you black people got the skills, natural talents, or uh, the arts, right? Like a like a voice coach or something like that for someone who could sing. I mean, those are that's it. But like, but that's that's the thing. Like sports and singing. That's I mean, that's literally all you got. Or dancing. Or dancing. Yeah. Or dancing. Sport. Yeah. Or dancing. Any type so of artistic of entertainment. creation. Yes. <clears throat> um. There's you know like me. For people who don't know, I have long curly hair. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm covered in tattoos and I'm a minister. And I really fought that, right? I'm a metaphysical minister. I fought that because I didn't look like the ministers I grew up with. And I certainly felt like I wasn't gonna be credible because of how I looked. And that was the challenge for me. It's like, damn, now I have to become a metaphysical minister, which happened by accident. But like, it has to happen because we've never seen it before. And that's the whole point of evolution and creation is bringing the newness of it all. If you've never seen a preacher that's covered up in tattoos and, and is cursing, when you see that, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be it's scary. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. What you, you were never taught to explore outside of what you had. You know, in my culture, it was like, everything was church or our Hispanic community and everything else was people you didn't let that in it it had nothing to do with you like why I was I even went to like a funny part of my story is I I even went to Catholic school from fourth grade to eighth grade I was an altar server and everything like I never I never um engaged like it was very clear we you know my parents paid the non-parishioner tuition rates but like 
I, as my friends were going through the process to get, you know, their first communion and get con- uh, get confirmed confirmation, I was an altar server. Like I did everything but those big pivotal things in Catholicism. So my my growing up in the church is also like a still a part of me. And like, I still say, I believe in, I absolutely believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe God gave us science. Like I'm a nurse. Um, I do think that there are times that people need medication. Do I agree with the healthcare system in its entirety? Absolutely not. But at the same time, I believe that the resources universe source etc like I believe that you know this we're all a part of and I sadly enough like and I shouldn't even say sadly anymore but through my life I've met more people that were straight up atheists and that was something I did not subscribe to and did not understand that were kinder and more loving than Dude, the people that, to me. that I saw in, in like the people that I grew up with, the hypocritical. And I'm not saying everybody that's a Christian is hypocritical, what but a lot. atheists I, I, that would give you the it. shirt off their back. You don't have to say it, but I'll say it. A lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of them, a lot. I have seen more betrayal and backstabbing and weird, just like misinformation in, in, in my community amongst the culture. Um, and the community than when I've met people who did not believe in God. I'll share my short experience. He, this man changed the course of my life. He has no idea. When I went back to school um, for photography, I was looking desperately, like looking for opportunities. I am a brown woman with big tits, right? Like I'm attractive, I'm in my twenties and to be in a career where I was, where it was male dominated and being attractive, if I would have been like a butchy lesbian type of, like my friends were, they had no problems. Mm-hmm. I got I got skipped on opportunities because I was too pretty. They were like, oh, you can't carry this equipment. I'm like, I'll put it on my back and get, give me the opportunity. I am a fighter. But I remember like graduate, right when I was about to, to graduate around those times, I was hitting up all my friends. One of my friends that started working for MTV, and I was like, this bitch has to have a connection for me, right? So she started sending me like, hey, hit up this photographer, hit up, and they wouldn't respond. And then she finally was like, well, try this guy because this guy trained this guy. And I was like, okay. Now the guy that she sent me to was Hispanic. This is another thing with that in our communities, I feel like sometimes we don't help each other. I'm like, why do we do that? Like, why do we do that? So he was Hispanic and I think he was Cuban or something like that. We were in Florida. It was easy for me to get to him. And he just like never gave me the time of day. Now this other guy was German. <laughs> and this is, I feel like I do believe in God. I don't like believe God's a, like a, a man, a person, it's a power. But it's this is how God brings you into the realization of a bigger world. It's like, oh, okay. Um, so let's bring a guy that's a white guy, right? And it's gonna change your perspective, your perception of like white folks because you had Hispanic folks all around you that weren't giving you a hand, okay? So this guy, I hit him up right away, messaged me back. And I'm like, I'm a new photographer. I'm looking for opportunities like that. Here's my portfolio. Message me back right away, invited me on a shoot. It was the first like luxury shoot that I ever been on. I'm talking about when you get catered with like silverware, not plastic stuff like real silver. I was like what that's when you like, have arrived I know I was like I had a trailer multiple assistants and here comes this little tiny Puerto Rican woman 
And all these like white guys, they were like in their 20s and all nice guys, but they were just like, who is this person? Where did you come from? Nobody knew me. I wasn't in the loop. And, there, and he was, his name was Blasius Ellinger, German photographer. He's been in the cover of Vogue. I mean, a big deal guy. And I felt so weird that he gave me that opportunity. Like imagine where my self-esteem was mm-hmm. based on how I was raised because I was like, why would he give me an opportunity? I'm nobody. Nonetheless, I'm brave. I go out there and I start talking to the other like assistants and they're looking at me like, well, who are you? How did you know? How do you know Blasius? How do you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. I'm here on a whim. I just hit him up in the emails and they're all looking at me like, what is like, who did she come from? And so I don't remember when, but I, I showed the portfolio to somebody. I was like, well, this is my book. They're like, okay, now we get it. Like you're talented. And I was like, but when I'm, ta- I'm sitting there talking to him and I was like, why? And it's going to make me emotional. Like, why would you help me when you come from communities and places where people are not used to helping each other, not in a real way, you know what I mean? Or not without getting a, a, a like a reward. He got nothing from this experience, except he let me come in and be a part of something. And you got everything. That, that changed was his my life. And the first thing he was telling, telling me in conversation is that he didn't believe in God. Now that shattered everything because I was raised in church. And I was like, how come the person that doesn't believe in God is the nicest when I had been told all my life that people don't believe in God, they're the devil, they're horrible, they're mean. And it shattered my world. And I was already in my 20s. I feel like I was so innocent. I was already in my 20s. I was already a mother. And I was like, you don't believe in God? And I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't wrap your head around it. Change my whole life. And he was atheist. He invited me to his home. He like treated me like I was family. He like let me in his entire life. And I was a complete fucking stranger. This is an atheist. So all those experiences have challenged me because they are not part of my culture. They're not in my community. How how would I ever experience knowing what it's like to have a relationship with someone who doesn't believe in God when my community kind of forbid that or even scared you? Like don't those people are the devil, right? So how did you start to branch out? Like how did that happen to you? Because there's some people that don't get out. They're raised like this, they're in this community, they're in this culture, and they don't get out. And when you get out, they criticize you. How did you find the first way out? Like that first stepping stone? Uh, um, so I'm very, very similar. So I do things when I do things, I do them big. So the first time, um, it actually wasn't that long ago. Now it was in 2015 and I took, uh, a job at Planned Parenthood. Um, so I'm gonna just leave that there. Uh, cause that, that says it right there. Um, I got a lot of criticism, not because of abortion per se, that was part of it, of course, but, um, how can you work for a company that is you know racist or was founded you know they want to they people just only want to remember the you know the margaret sanger pieces of it um which it it's a part of it's a part of our history like there there's nothing there is no wiping that away so for me i didn't even fully understand what was happening and it it still isn't entirely clear because that wasn't even 10 years ago but like that was my first like super bold I'm doing this and I'm going to figure it out and I I had some of the most life-changing experiences and opportunities 
in those four walls of, of you know, getting into the political advocacy, um, meeting different, really diverse people. I personally struggled because I'm a grammar nut. I struggled when we first started talking about pronouns, but I'm like, at the end of the day, it's just like when it, it's, it's no different when somebody says, well, all black people look alike. No, we don't. Just like all white people don't look alike. So if somebody wants to be called they, them, yes, I like grammatically, my brain is like, no, it's a singular person person and that's plural but, <laughs> but that's I just but it's care. not because you're judgmental it's because no. you've been taught to think in a certain type of way but you're you understand the reasoning behind it you're, you're just like i have the right to be what i want to be you have the right to do what you want to do and live your life the way you want to live your life because one it does not affect me two it's not of malicious intent and three who the fuck am i to tell you how to live your life who am i to judge you and say, oh, you can't do that. It's not my business. I am not a part of that community. But when I started my business, the first words are anti-racist because if you don't state it, somebody else will paint it for you, black or not. Anti-racist, gender inclusive and trauma informed because what you do and how you live your life, there's enough exclusive places on the planet my company, my, what I do and my legacy will not be one of them. So that was really like one of those moments where, you know, I, I, that was, I was no longer able to really, um, but, you know, participate in those. Oh, how was your day? How, what'd you do at work today? You don't want to know. You don't want to know what I did today. Cause I, I ran the health center. I, I ran a, uh, my center was family planning and surgical. So, um, there, there is, you know, there's a difference in, in being and I would tell this to people I was interviewing there's a difference in being pro-choice and and being in the room when an abortion is being performed there's a big difference and people can say I'm pro-choice I'm pro-choice I'm pro-choice all day but can you stand in the room can you assist the doctor can you hold that woman's hand like that's 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 the kind of work that's the depth of like work that I personally have done and will continue to do and will continue to fight for Girl, until there's no life left hard. in me. That's hard work because I'm going to tell you not to get too personal with my family members, but there's some family members that I took to clinics and I couldn't be in the room with that, but I was outside in the car or I was in the lobby sobbing. <laughs> Why are you making me emotional? It's hard. And, and, and it is a hard thing. And we, and there are people like myself and there are people like, and there's so many, I mean, there's thousands, there's, there's, there's uh, 49 affiliates in the, in the United States and it's global as well. But like the people, you know, to, to not have a, a community, you know, you find your community when you work at a, when a, you work at a place like that, you, you have to find your community because nobody else understands the emotional, you know, not just the mental and physical exhaustion, but like when you have one patient that falls apart, oh, you still have, you still have patients for the rest of the day and each person deserves to have their own experience. So you as a participant or a helper, you know, as a nurse, as a, whatever your role is in that day, this is something that that person is going to remember for the rest of their life. So I have to behave in a way that is safe and supportive and my emotions don't matter in that moment. And that's, and I'm only speaking for me and my experience, but I have to remove my personal being out of that because I, I don't get to one, I don't get to judge. 
I want to make this experience as seamless as possible so I can't come back in the next room with my face puffy because I'm not uh -uh. done crying from the last one because you're going to be if you if I walk in looking like that you're going to be terrified now you're now you're even more scared than you already were and, you were already and that's scared. not my job and and the fascinating thing is that you can hold those emotions but they're still going on inside you so you have to learn to be a really good holder of energy because you have to hold the energy because you're a human right like the reason i don't believe in the court systems girl we could get into so many topics right the reason i don't believe in the court system especially in judges not the jury so much but in judges themselves because now people don't know that all all court systems don't have a jury sometimes you and the fucking judge you know and i don't however he feeling that day that, that okay you beat me to the punch i was like Whatever bias that judge has affects me. Mm -hmm. Whatever bias, if that judge is biased against mothers, and I'm not talking about color here, let's say that they didn't grow up with a mother, they had a shitty mother. Now I'm here fighting for my kids and that judge is looking at me like, yeah, yeah, right. There's so many ways that without support, um, just talking about my experience through the court system, I had a, a government support. My family's support was not enough. And a lot of times they did not know how to support me through the things that I was going through and experiencing when I had to go to court and fight for it, for custody and things like that. And I had to find support in a community that had nothing to do with, you know, my Hispanic heritage or my religion. I need to find like real resources because you can go crazy if you don't have support. You can wrap yourself, you can live in the prison of your mind having insanely de debilitating conversations inside your mind that nobody will ever freaking know right you live in living in your own hell and in certain communities these are not things that are talked about Mental they're not things that like are normal burner. yeah they're it's not about it they're unhurt they're pray unhurt, about it right like it's like oh uh, my grandma was catholic and you know she would go and, and do her confession or she would go and and give a donation somewhere like yeah uh did my good deed for the day um and none of those things has brought me to seeing people in joy and in happiness and in full expression and in um their own authority <clears throat> one thing that i wanted to talk about was um and this is like you know side note because i talk about a million things but i was thinking about the other day i saw a video on on youtube and it was a young 18 year old um creator and I don't know if you noticed, I don't know how old, I, how old you are. I'm 45. People look younger to me, even when they're old enough to, to do stuff. Like I could look at a 26 year old. I remember being 26 and feeling grown, but I see a 26 year old and be like, you're a baby. Like they just, they feel younger. I feel like people are maturing less, less quickly than before. By the time I was 21, I was a mom. I know you were a young mom too. And that for me was good. My mom was pregnant at 16 right for me being a mom at 21 was I I did I did it right <laughs> to a degree mm -hmm. right in the white community that's unheard of it's like no I had to go to college and I, I was like college <laughs> college my mom had five kids uh, how about the military right like how about college right where's the where's the paycheck where's the you benefits know? where's the like security <laughs> yeah like what what are you talking about like even the other day um I watched somebody say like, I struggled, I moved around a lot. 
and then I became an architect and I my man is white and I was like I was like said no Hispanic person ever right if I had been on drugs all my life it would be really challenging to clean up my life and and go become an architect but I feel like that happens more often in the white community my my husband or my man his dad did that he was a drunk he was an addict cleaned his life up and now he's like the head of some fucking agency and I was like how how did you do that how did that happen there's more resources power and privilege services there's more Mm -hmm. knowledge you if you know that you are an addict and then you can go to rehab then you can get yourself out but if you are an addict and don't know what to do you're an addict and that's where you stay at you know and by the grace of god sometimes churches and community places are like that but if they are not informed how informed can we be nonetheless this 18 year old she's giving all this advice on how to get like viral videos and reels and things like that and you know me i'm not trying to play monkey online i'm a grown-ass woman i'm a metaphysical teacher i want to be seen and respected and valued and i don't know that making little dance videos is going to increase my authority who said i don't want to do it but i'm open to listen right if we don't become what is it one of my coaches said she's like you know how to not be blockbuster and be netflix you gotta move you gotta shift because you're gonna be left in the dust if you don't but how do we do that with integrity and i was thinking we are creating so many bad habits do you know that the content that we have to be create nowadays has to be first and second grade reading level yeah did you know that that means that all our marketing efforts and everything that we do is literally tailored to, uh, tailored to second graders, which means adults are in a second grade mentality. And that like shocked me because I was like, am I supposed to make reels for people who are in their second grade level of understanding how life works? Or should I create like credible content, even if people don't freaking watch but or listen? That's, like that's the, this is one of those like crazy, um, you know, this is something that I didn't, I I was not a little girl that wanted to be an entrepreneur. So this is very foreign and uncomfortable for me. I was perfectly good at, and I'm still good at it. I still work. Like I was perfectly fine in my secure salary and benefits and 401k and all this stuff. Um, But this is one of those parts of business where even if you have a marketing degree, if you have a business administration degree, the only reason that I was able to say, "Uh uh-huh, when you said that about the reading level is because of the work that I have done in creating one of my job titles was actually cultural competence and health literacy operations specialist. And I would be one of the people that would go in and take our medical jargon basically and put it into a digestible format because the audience, the receiver, and when you look at, you know, the nature, the the age that we're in with instant gratification, nobody wants to get online and read a dissertation. I am am far beyond a third grade reading level, but I'm a, I'm a person too. Of if you, we know as as entrepreneurs in the online space, you have to captivate and catch and and tug emotions in about 0.3 seconds. So if you are, if we're using. I love words. Like I've always been a spell and be champ. And I mean, hell, I just became an international best-selling author. Like I write. So it's very hard for me to um, 
take it down. Like even when I started in the business, I was saying compassion fatigue. Anybody that I say compassion fatigue knows exactly what that means because they deal with it. That means you are my ideal client. If you don't, you're not my ideal client and that's cool. And that's That's great that you never had to experience that. But I had to learn and I'm like, no, it's compassion fatigue. And people are like, what? That means burnout to me. And then I had people, I just asked the question. I said, what does compassion fatigue mean to you? A lot of people said, I've never heard that phrase before. And I said, wow, that was interesting. People said exhaustion, burnout, overwhelm. So I had to like unlearn you know, you're as you go through school and, and, you know, I did speech club and debate. You're I love finding interesting words and, and even hell the, the name of my company is interesting. People are like, What? What does that mean? It's metanoia. That's not a common word. Um I know, but I'm a I research too. I, I research like, that's and what found I love that. about you. I yeah, I I found that word and I just knew I literally in my very Virgo-ness I printed everything out I oh, came you're home. you're a Virgo. That's yeah. why you know everything. Okay girl, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> know it all right here all day every yes. day. What's up? I like found that word and I had been ma- messing around with a bunch of other words and I'm like I'm 100% comfortable with getting an opportunity to explain one, expand on what a met- metanoia actually means and it does have some biblical influence in it as well but I love the fact that it's not something people have heard and they're like how do I pronounce that because that's going to make you remember me so that's also became a marketing tactic that was happening subconsciously but to go back to the whole point like I didn't know that putting things in that that super simple first second grade and I have the benefit of having children so sometimes I will have my kids read my content and Mm, ask them hey what what do what do you take away from this I was just asking my my 17 year old the other night because I was trying to think of something clever and I love alliteration um for this call that I'm doing and I said here's this list and I'm a whiz at um, chat GPT and AI so I'm playing around and I'm like, okay, it's in here somewhere. And I asked her, she was like, I would do this or this. She's a Virgo rising, but she's a oh. cancer son. Oh, oh um, cancer. Yeah. Oh, so it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> so my, my household is, is a hot mess, but, um, <laughs> I didn't, you know, like I had the benefit and I think people, a lot of us have kids. And if you don't, you have nieces and nephews. Hell, like say the things out loud to your dog and see how your dog responds. Because (laughs) there is a, the the energy is energy, right? Like if you say it and the dog is looking at you like, like try it differently, try different words. And like, that's where I say, like, you have to think outside of the box and make it as simple and digestible and make people curious. Like my goal is to always make people curious and hopefully they come back for more. I cannot spend my time, I agree. TikTok, I say that all the time. I've just recently started posting TikTok and it's only like me copying over stuff. I'm not I'm, dancing I'm on TikTok. No, I'm not I'm dancing on it. TikTok. I have I'm no rhythm for a black girl, okay? I'm not getting on there making a fool of myself. No. It doesn't look good. It's not fun. I'm not dancing. No. And like, I, you can it's video me meditating. Like that's about they tell it. you to do it because I would do TikTok and I would do things like that if I didn't have to. But suddenly when it became like, this is the new thing. No. Because I'm a contrarian. And let me tell you, the Bible says, judge yourself and you shall not be judged by others. I tell you the biggest gift that I found in my 40s is to call myself the way that I fucking am and not trying to change me. Didn't you come to a point where you're just like, I'm done. Like, I like it. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to be, I don't care anymore. I like myself. And I'm not, I'm just not going to do certain things. I want to do things that feel in alignment with who I am and my vision. But 
as soon as you put pressure on me to do something, that's the moment I don't I'm want not it. doing it. And I'm not the, doing the it. The amount of work, and it's not just the work, the time, the energy, the money that I've put the into editing? learning myself, yes, liking Tyler. myself, and loving myself, I will be damned if anybody. Yeah. That's why I have been, uh, don't get me wrong, I will throw on a wig in a heartbeat. But I like, I remember for years, I was scared to go to interviews with my curly hair. I was always, I would always be calling my mom the night before freaking out. Like I had to have my hair flat ironed. Like I had to perform for so much of my life that like, yes, now I sit here today with my curly hair out with a, nothing but a wash and leave-in conditioner. And like, I I show up saying a ton of tattoos. I don't have, a, well, I have a lot. They're all, my tattoos are really big. So people, when they see how many tattoos, they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, yeah. Um, but the, all of these things, that's like you're from this, Chicago and New York. Come on now. Yeah, like, the, like oh, yeah, and this goes go. into my back, my that's whole nice. right leg, my whole oh, so left leg. So your mind, don't look at my boobies. Oh, yeah. See, we got the. That and was... it's so crazy. The first reading I ever, ever had done. This is the wildest thing. At the time, it was the last tattoo I got, and I just had my first like. I finally opened myself up and said, yeah, you can read my cards. I had always said no. And she, as soon as we started, she kept seeing, she's like, I keep seeing roses and crosses. And I raised my arm up and she's like, holy shit. Oh, shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know when, when my artist and I were working together. Cause I'm not an artist by a long shot, but I'll, I'll pinch her some stuff. And <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm seeing this vision and You're he put it all together. A visionary. And I, went with it and I had yeah. this I mean I had never done a tattoo so visible or anything and I didn't even really know and then the fact that she said that and I had on a shirt like this so she couldn't you know she wasn't she wasn't looking at my tattoo like it was it was such such and if anybody has never done a reading um don't do your first one the night before Pisces full moon because I'm still messed up from that <laughs> um but like that that's the type of stuff that I had to just start letting things happen I had to as a Virgo son I had to let go of control and anybody else that you know Virgos and Capricorns in particular some Scorpios like very controlling oh um God. very and I'm a woman and I'm black, a black woman like all these I other layers like I had to start just you know even when we got on this morning like I just show up I'm just going with it two years ago I'd have been like who is Mm -mm. Like I wouldn't have even been, my my mind was so closed and segmented in different ways that I would not have even allowed myself to f fully connect to the other person. I was so guarded and so closed off. I'm still discerning. Like I'm not stupid. Like don't get it twisted. But, but <laughs> I definitely like the experiences that I've had in this journey of entrepreneurship in particular. The people that are now my friends, that are my sisters in this craziness of of trying to be our, our authentic selves and I say trying because it is hard it is hard to not just sign up and do and regurgitate what all the gurus yeah. are saying it's oh, yeah. very hard to find your voice in the noise and if you're like me you get stuck in analysis paralysis and I finally had to start saying okay I know you've made a lot of money but I know that I'm going to make a lot of money because I'm getting into my purpose and alignment. And that is a byproduct. The money is not the focus. The focus is this. So in order for me to do this, I have to be me. I can't be her. You know what? And, and I figuring that out has been like rewarding, but terrifying at the same time.
absolutely i i fully understand i think that i coming from poverty um and getting into business you think that oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna create this incredible stuff and money's gonna flow in but what i've really learned especially with in, in metaphysics and spirituality is that it is really an inside job and oftentimes we come into business just on the outside I'm going to create a TikTok page. I'm going to create a blog. I'm going to create all these things. And you put all these things together. But because you weren't addressing the inner stuff or didn't even start with the inner stuff, which is the reason if you come into business is because you should have done some inner healing work that inspires you to open a business. Opening a business because of money when you grew up in poverty does not result that's in not money. That's not it. No, it just that's doesn't not it. Do it. So I've had to find success for money around it, not directly hitting it on the target. Because growing up in poverty, growing up poor and in marginalized situations, you don't, money ain't your friend. Money is not something you can rely on. Money is not common. Money is the reason, like I moved a ton, money was the reason we moved. A better opportunity over here, a better job over here. So money was not like a safe thing for me. Like logically I get it. We need money, we need to pay for bills. But the inside that is really doing the analyzing for a good life, the inside saying money was not good, right? So when you grow up in poverty, sometimes you do have to go into the realm of fulfillment. You have to go into passion. You have to go into changing the status quo with the realization, with the understanding that money will come as a, as a byproduct of that, right? It'll flow in from your passion, but we, we tend to reverse that. I also blame the industry because there are so many courses that I've taken and programs that are just like, well, sell your high ticket programs and then do these things. And then you're focused, completely focused on sales versus reach. And to, to change that, right? You need to know who you're reaching and why you're reaching and how to reach them and how to talk to them and how to help them even before they freaking even follow you on Instagram. How do you do that? Right? Because I've had people tell me to focus on my 12 month program that is of course higher ticket like anything that's a 12 month program is it better be 10k or better or you selling yourself <laughs> short but when i told them no they were like what what you just if you sell one if and i said i'm gonna stop you right there if i sell one i'm a new entrepreneur i'm i am exploring yes i'm qualified a, a million percent but like i'm exploring and i don't know if i want to work with a person for 12 months so no Hi, that's because I don't want to get into a 12 month I know how much growth I've had and mine has been positive but that's not always everybody's experience and I don't want to be stuck in some contract now I gotta no. refund you nope. or now I gotta you know now you're blasting me online I said no. so I'm starting with the six and the 12 week offers and now once I have relationships with these people and they want to continue on because they will because I'm fire so like that's cool um but like I don't it did not feel good and aligned for me to only focus on and if my whole thing is awareness and accessibility why would I make the only thing you see the black girl talking about this 15 20 thousand dollar offer like yeah. if, if I might be the first coach, I might be the first trained yes. healer that somebody has worked with. I can't, I won't, I should say, I can't say, I, I won't say I can't, but I will not price myself in a way that makes me and what I'm trying to represent, what I do represent out of reach. And I'm not discrediting myself by doing that. Like, I'm not saying you can work with me for $10. No, no, that's not the case, but I do have payment plans. I did explore financing and I explored it for people that don't have perfect credit because I don't yet. 
Um, like I, I was very intentional in all of the things where it's an even exchange because you do need to be compensated for the work that you're putting in, but it also needs to be, you know, I, like I said, it's not, it doesn't mean you can come say, oh, here's $10 and I'm going to put you in my 12 week program. Like, no, that's, that's not happening. Like, that's not it. But can but you price yourself in a way to reach people? Absolutely. But hear me out. I feel like there's many ways. I feel like if I was brand new, like, and had, the thing about confidence is that you can be confident in yourself, you can be confident in your program, but you have no experience, so you don't have confidence in your ability to help yet, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is what I tell some clients and some people, even if they're not my clients, I'm like, you gotta get in the arena to play. Like, you can't train right to do something amazing if you don't ever go and do it even if you're like an animal trainer well you need a doggy and you need some hula hoops you need to do it you need Mm -hmm. to train you need to have someone come back and say like i loved how you dealt with my pet i loved how you dealt with my situation so you can increase your confidence in your service your work is impeccable your what you bring to the table but there is that experience that matters so for me because i'm coming let's say as a photographer that first photo shoot i did was free even if i charge ten dollars for that second one that's better than free but that helps me increase my ability to earn money like that's what i say coming from poverty you're not used to receiving large amounts of money and i've even had a conversation yesterday in my photo shoot where the girl she was like oh i feel famous i feel like you know we're doing the thing i was like girl we're doing it and then she was telling me her story and she was like i got fame way too quick and it freaked me out it caused me anxiety and i shut down i shut down my business you know i went and hit for a while and healing work i think the reason things like that happen is because We don't merge the healing with the marketing. We don't merge the inner state because we're constantly thinking like, okay, I'm gonna start a business. I'm gonna get that money. Um, I think we gotta get used to receiving money. I was not a person that was used to receiving money. So I remember the first time someone gave me $500 for a referral. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, she was like a girl, Kiera, dope ass freaking coach. I'm gonna have her on my, um, I'm gonna be podcasting with her, I think next week. She was one of my first coaches and she was like, Janice, did you tell so-and-so about my program? I was like, yeah, girl, I I tagged her because that shit was fire. She was like, what's your Venmo? What's your PayPal? She was like, I give referrals out, you know, because you referred me and she sent me $500 and I almost lost my fucking mind. I never had experience where you could just from being a connector, from being a good person, from sharing good content, from being kind, that you get money. And I did not know that I was gonna get like some type of fee or affiliate, mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. So there is that, that where we're doing that healing work, we have to find those examples where money does get to come, right? But we're not gonna be, someone that comes from poverty cannot expect to open a business and the next day have a million dollars because they're no. not healed enough to calibrate into that. Now, we and are if they get it, if they get it, they won't be able to hold it. Mm-mm. And that, that and that's and that's the other factor here of um, you know, this time no, almost like around last March, I hired a money coach, which is crazy for somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, right? Like people are like, You what? I'm like, Yeah, I have a money coach. I know for a fact that I have money trauma. Oh yeah. And I don't know what it is. 
So right. in order for me to yep. dial into it, because I'm all about, you know, the people call it shadow work, the subconscious, but the subconscious is what's ruling your life. So like, I am all about going into it and figuring it out. So yes, before I ever made a single dollar in my business, I hired a money coach for myself because that was their area of expertise. And if they can help me do it quickly and efficiently so that this is not my story a year later, six months later, yes, it was worth the time. It was worth the, mo the money investment because there were some things and, the, and I'll share this, but like the crazy part, I did this money meditation and it's like, write your money story. And of course, there's like way more to it, but I dialed it back to me as a kid. I've always been smart. Um, I used to get paid for good grades. Mm. Um, I used to get a certain dollar amount for A's and for B's. C's were unacceptable. B's, like that's the kind of student I was, um, even as a teen mom, like I, that's the kind of student I was. And um, I figured out because of doing that money trauma, money story exercise, I have always associated my worth with what I could produce. So mm -hmm. if I wasn't producing, so what did it do? It made me, I'm, I'm still competitive, I can't help it. Um, but it has shifted how I compete. My, comp my competition now is me. You and any other person doing their thing, I'm like, yes, sis, let's get it. Even if we did similar stuff, even if you, you know what I mean? Like, it's the, but we could do the same thing and your yeah. client's experience with you would be different than their experience exactly. with me, like a hundred percent. So this exercise allowing me to make that connection of, wow, that's part of a big part of why I went so hard in my career. That's why I was always going for the next thing. And people are like, Taylor, when are you going to sit still? I'm like, when I'm dead. Um, like <laughs> I was always I going I and growing and moving because I knew more, a bigger title <laughs> meant more responsibility, which I wanted, which meant a bigger salary, which meant I could live more comfortably. And like, I was in this cycle, like this crazy, crazy cycle of of just go, 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 produce, produce, to produce, all because I and like my family didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? Like uh, they were they were just no. encouraging. Like we do that for our kids. But it was so crazy to to have a you know to have that experience as an adult. And I know I never answered my age. I'm 37, um, so I'm not far behind you. But um, it is like to figure that out at 36 years old that your money trauma started when you were like five is wild <laughs> like it's wild because then, then you realize that five-year-old's been kind of taking the lead in your she's been running the show and she ain't <laughs> she's like uh i want some ice cream and you're like what the fuck is going on right um because uh the inner child is innocent it's not someone that's also making judgments it's just going for things that like this makes sense to the inner child money is bad <clears throat> um, really, really interesting. Okay, we're getting close to the time. So I want you to tell us two things. One, how do you feel about fame? Only say that because I feel like people like you should be famous. People that have a message is your duty, that your divine, absolute divine duty to spread the word and to be a positive change in the world. So I want you to know, want us to tell us how you feel about fame. And second of all, introduce yourself, how we can find you and we'll close the show. So I'm going to be very honest and transparent because uh, I have always been anti-fame. I have always said, you can give me the money, but um, I don't want people to know who I am. And you, your content, however we connected, which I still don't know and I don't need to know. Um, I was reading some of your content and I was like, this is right. Like what you just said, it is my 
I, it is my job. It is my responsibility to show up. And I wrote this in the chapter that I wrote in the book. And it has been coming more and more true in these connections. The book came out in November. I wrote the chapter back in August, but I said I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah. I am. And I, I'm, I like, how, I literally. How could you am, not? I how am could doing you not? the thing. So, what comes with fame doesn't, yes. now that we're moving into this Aquarian age, but that's a whole, we're going to have to do this a few, few more times. But like, my voice is valid and my, my voice is needed and until i'm there it will continue to not be there so my my personal feelings about fame has shifted and your content and the, the information and the way that you shared it is a huge part of like and that's a very recent in the last couple months of i really was reading like this is like i'm always up late this is like me reading at two o'clock in the morning and screenshotting and then i put my little stuff in folders that's the virgo then i'm going back to this like i'm just looking at the power of your words and this was before we had ever even spoken and your words touched me in such a way and i'm like she's fucking right like I'm doing a disservice if I choose to stay small, if I choose to stay silent, if I choose to stay. I'm making, I get to safely make these choices because I'm continuing to heal myself. I'm continuing to grow myself. So I'm not going to be insane once that million dollars is just sitting in my bank account and I don't know, and I don't care what day of the week it is. I'm like, just get it, just do it. Yeah, we about to hop on a, a jet. Like I am my ancestors wildest dreams so to even sit here and share space on another woman of colors podcast to know that this is going to be seen and heard and like people are going to resonate and be like damn that happened to me so my my how i feel about fame now is very grounded very intentional um, you can't tell me nothing about me that I haven't told myself. So like people are, I, I, are I've already pissed the internet off and, and broke the internet a Cancel couple me. times. Cancel me. Um, I dare you. <laughs> that, that let me know that, that I'm doing things right because I put up a post in a really big, big group and I called forward women of color. I said my, to my black and brown queens and my non-binary folks. And I had some people, well, that's reverse racism. And this is the, okay, boo. Thank okay. you for showing yourself. Not my client. But, and I'm built in a way now that I was so unaffected. They don't know that I do DEI work in my full-time life. Uh, I, I'm built in such a way that I did not, that did not crumble me. It did not fold me. And that's the kind of stuff that you people have to understand when you're doing the energetics, you have to be able to take that. So I'm building myself so that I can take that. So when I'm sitting on the couch across from Oprah, we just gonna be talking. It's cool I, now. So know, now I'm good with it. You know, I say that fame requires tough skin. And what is made of tough skin is self-love. It, it's so interesting because the softer that you get to be with yourself, the, the more aligned you are with your divine mission, the more you can step into it. And literally, I had moments where I was putting myself out there and people would say things and it would crumble me. And now I don't care. I don't care because I can't I, care. Like, but, but it's because no one's saying the shit that I'm saying. And I'm tired, or or they've said it like years after I've said it. I was like, okay, I'm tired of looking like, oh, I'm now jumping on the bandwagon when I've been screaming. What happens is I can't scream in my house to myself. I gotta go. We can talk to ourselves high. until we're blue in the face. We have to if and we don't put the happen. voice out there. Um, and this is another reason why I'm, you know, why I'm showing up consistently, even though everything isn't perfect yet. 
do it. My, my motto is like, hashtag do it anyway. If it feels anyway, uncomfortable, if it feels a little bit scary. Yeah. And I've said this for years, if the tables that you thought you wanted to be at or you've tried to be at and they wouldn't let you sit down, fuck it, build your own damn table. Yeah. And invite your people. And that's what we're doing. I light the table up on fire and we could sit I on the flipped, floor. I'm a table flipper. Yeah. Um, like they could put me on table? reality TV because yeah. I'm like, flip Bye. it over. I say, okay. I say that in my content. So it's hilarious. It's been amazing having you. Can you tell us how we can get a hold of you? Um, <clears throat> let's wrap up in about a minute. We're a little bit over time. I have another call, but you know, when the shit is good, is good. What can you do? Yeah. Well, back I'm, again. Tell us who we, tell us how to find you and would you come back again and have these uh, awesome conversations? Oh my God. All of the things we're going to meet in person. Cause we're like a couple hours away, but I am Taylor Carruthers. I am on Facebook. My company is Metanoia Innovative Solutions. I'm everywhere. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on, I am, I do have a TikTok that I check, whatever. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Metanoia Innovative Solutions. And it is me when you reach out to me, if you want to DM me, email me, um, it literally, I tell people it all comes to my phone. Um, so it doesn't matter how you choose whatever's comfortable for you right. to reach out, but I'm Don't always open to, to connect <laughs> well, and have a conversation. Smoke signals. Bad, well, PayPal, what you got? I take all literally. the time. Okay, yes. guys, it has been amazing. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. We're going to have Taylor on so many other... Uh, I have so many things I want to talk to you about. And I think it will be really cool to loop people in because even on the DMs, we've had like just conversations, even a short period of time that are iconic. Um, and these are things that I feel I always have behind the scenes with people. And I think we need to have these conversations publicly. These are these are 100%. iconic conversations. They don't have to be scripted. They're just us being us. You know, I'm here in my pajamas. I don't care. This is that's why it's on <laughs> a podcast. Um, so I will also be including all your information in the summary so people can find you. They can click your links. They can find your freebies and all the things. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.